Hello, everyone. Welcome to Talking Logistics, where we have conversations with thought leaders and newsmakers in the supply chain logistics industry. It's very great pleasure to welcome today's program, Chris Jones, who is Executive Vice President, Industry and Services at Descartes. And today we're going to talk about home delivery performance, ticking time bomb or market opportunity. So delivery has been part of the order fulfillment process for forever, but it's only been in recent years that it has emerged you know, from a from the shadows, if you will, from being a cost center and, and back office or back end process to becoming a competitive differentiator and a key driver of, of customer experience. And, you know, everything can go perfect on the front end of the sales process, but a poor delivery experience can quickly negate it all. So how do consumers feel about home delivery today? Uh, why does delivery performance matter for retailers and delivery companies? And what are delivery personas and how can retailers um, you know, leverage them and use them to improve customer loyalty and revenue. Well, those are some of the questions we're going to discuss in today's episode. It's great to have Chris back in the program to share his insights and perspective on this topic based uh, on some uh, re recent findings, research findings from Descartes' second annual e-commerce and home delivery consumer sentiment study. So Chris, welcome to the program. Great. Thanks for having me, Adrian. So Chris, the last time you were on the program not too long ago, we were talking about another Descartes research study, which was on supply chain logistics innovation. And, and now you're, you know, come out with a, a brand new study, the second annual one on, on home delivery. So you, you definitely uh, stay busy in, in doing market research. That's for sure. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, our view was we wanted to get uh, the, the perspective on, you know, what's really shaping home delivery. Like you said, it's, you know, really does matter um, to consumers and ultimately to retailers. And and you were right, but the, you know, the, the last mile is the last word, right? Um, so um, uh, we do a lot of work with a, a lot of retail companies um, and see a lot of different activities, but we wanted to get that 360 view. So that's why we uh, we went uh, and did the, uh, the second uh, study. Great. Well, well, we'll include a link to the study uh, for, for, for folks to download it uh, to get more insights uh, on it. You know, we, we're probably just going to scratch the surface of of, uh, of, of what the uh, results show. But maybe it's a way to get started. I mean, the overall, the big picture, right? So, I mean, how do consumers feel about home delivery today? I mean, overall, are they satisfied or dissatisfied with home delivery performance? Well, I would say uh, that it's really a very much of a mixed bag. Just you know, some good examples, uh, um, you know, uh, with the, I'll call it slowdown, uh, not necessarily decline, but slowing growth, uh, slowing growth of e-commerce. I think retailers and delivery companies have had a chance to catch their breath a little bit. Uh, but even, and, and so if you will, the, the, the sentiment on, in terms of uh, people being satisfied um, uh, improved, but it only improved a couple points. And and unfortunately, here's the, the metric that really will drive people crazy, which is two thirds of the uh, people that were um, part of the study have had a, a delivery problem in the last three months. And so that's not a great sign, right? That's that that shows you that there's a lot of room for improvement. Yeah, I mean, I can I can count myself as, you know, as part of that. I mean, I think to me, the biggest frustration to this day is still um the, the very uh, large delivery time windows, right? So uh, we had something delivered and they told me it was between 12 and five, right? So a five hour window, you know? So I think that's, uh, you know, you, you have to kind of go get your errands done early in the morning and then you have to just sit around and, you know, are they going to show up right at 12? Or are they going to show up at 4.55, right? And, uh, so, and then not having any kind of insight on, 
you know, the, the progress. I know from, from my perspective, that continues to be uh, as a consumer, you know, my biggest pet peeve, if you will, with any kind of, of home delivery. Now, now you mentioned e-commerce, so obviously e-commerce, you know, we saw this big spike in growth during the, you know, the, the height of the pandemic. And, and now, like you said, you know, we're kind of seeing a, a slowdown in that growth. Um, so, you know, you kind of mentioned it. So has this slowdown kind of given, you know, retailers and delivery companies kind of a, a little bit of a room to breathe to, again, to, de- to improve delivery performance and, um, you know, so, so what's been kind of the impact of, of e-commerce, you know, in terms of overall, in terms of demand and performance around home delivery? Well, uh, part of the study that we, we, we do is we ask uh, consumers about, uh, let's call it what percentage of their purchases, so overall, that they're making um, that are online and where they get a, get a home delivery, because you can still buy online and pick it up at the store as an example and so forth, right? So, um and uh, it's in the 40s. Um, but what, and what was interesting was last year's study said it would go up by a couple points. Uh, it actually went backwards in terms of what people came back and said what they did this year. But yet again, the, the, uh, the outlook for the future is that they're going to do more. Um, so, you know, that uh, to us says that um, it's, it's in people's, in the back of people's minds. And maybe just a couple points to cover, like the, the top reasons are convenience, all right? And uh, uh, they've gotten used to the convenience and that companies have done a, a good job, e-commerce companies have done a good job of, of making the buying process uh, easier, right? Now, one other real interesting point is it, uh, you know, you, you really need to look at e-commerce from a, a demographics perspective, right? So age, um, you know, is an interesting one. And the biggest pickup is in older people. All right. And so what did the pandemic do? Right. It it, uh, it really exposed some people who may not be inclined to buy certain products online. OK. And I would tell you that's mostly older folks um, that all of a sudden they started doing it. And wow, this was not a bad thing. Right. And so they're still doing it. So it's, it, it's really kind of changed um, uh, buying behaviors. Um, so I think, you know, uh, by no means, at least in what we're seeing is that you know, that, that uh, we're, you know, now the pandemic is subsiding, that we're going to see, you know, any kind of regression. Yeah, well, I can, I can count my mom for sure as uh, being in that demographic. I mean, I think she she went from being kind of a uh, uh, a non-user of e-commerce and uh, over the past three years, she's now a power user of e-commerce. <laughs> and sometimes for the, you know, to my sister's dismay, and this is probably a topic for another day, but uh you know, probably about 50% of what she buys, she ultimately decides that she wants to return. And of course, it's up to my sister then to figure out how to return it on her behalf. <laughs> so uh, certainly returns is, a, you know, part of this whole, uh, you know, equation as well. But I, I think we'll we'll table that for, for a different discussion. So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, what, you know, why does home delivery performance matter for delivery and, and you know, for retails and delivery companies? I mean, what, what are the, at the end of the day, what are the consequences of poor delivery performance? Well, that's something else we definitely looked at. And, and so we asked consumers um, to look at it from the perspective of what would they, what, did it matter to them? Were they going to do something different? And so everything from, you know, how do they feel about the, the retailer? Did they lose trust in the retailer? Did they decide that they're um, not going to buy from this retailer? Uh, did they decide if they have a choice, are they not going to use the delivery company? Um did they tell other people, family, friends? Did they post online? These are like these are all the retailers' nightmares, right? 
so you know and 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 as you said up front if you know if you get this wrong uh all that great stuff you did uh could really lead to um uh consumers who they may still buy from you they may buy less they may go to other folks um so we think there's a huge consequence here uh really to uh a long-term loyalty of customers uh, and ultimately uh, revenue and profit for, re- for retailers. I mean, I think that there's a, you know, there's a brand impact as well. And it's sometimes, you know, particularly for the retailers, because, you know, it used to be that, Hey, if you had a bad delivery experience or any kind of bad experience, well, you know, your, your immediate friends and, and folks that you talk to will be the only ones that would know because you would see them at dinner or whatever the case might be. And you would just share, oh, gosh, I just had a bad you know experience. But now with social media, everyone's posting, you know, and yeah. broadcasting, you know, you know, bad experiences. And just this week I saw I think it was on Twitter, you know, someone posted um, uh, a video of a delivery uh, gone awry, if you will. Um, I won't mention the retailer, but it was they were doing a a home delivery on behalf of a retailer, and the uh, the delivery company, let's just say, uh, was not doing a responsible <laughs> job. Uh, but again, it's it's at the end the buck stops with the brand owner, which is in this case the retailer. And now because of you know social media, that gets amplified, you know, to a much broader audience than you know than, than in the past. So um, you know, companies spend so much time and money and effort to build their brand and, and project a, a, a type of, uh, you know, trust and worthiness and so forth. And, you know, sometimes it's, uh, th- these types of experiences can have a, a very big negative effect and lose a customer for life because of that. Yeah, we've seen, uh, I'll call it definitely some higher end brands even do things like establish their own courier networks for dense areas because they were really concerned about the quality of delivery during the pandemic. And, that was exactly it. It was about the brand and they did not want it damaged. Yeah. And you see that that's a, that's another debate, right? Do you own delivery, right? Is this something that you build out your own network and your own drivers and capabilities and, and so forth? Or is this something that you partner up with third parties, you know, to manage? And I think there's pros and cons, you yep. know, in, in, in each of those uh, uh, options. Um, so in, in the research, and I know this is something actually in some of the writings, guest commentaries that you've done for talking logistics, you've, you've talked about, you know, consumers having different delivery personas. I mean, so I guess, you know, for folks that haven't heard that term before, what is a delivery persona and, and how can retailers use them to improve customer loyalty and revenue? Well, uh, let's start with maybe, I think most people will know about uh, buying personas, right? Um, and retailers, they would jump on this one in a heartbeat. Uh, it's what they do. They, they know that every customer is not the same and they look at them and break them into classes and they market and sell to them specifically based on what they think their buying behavior is. Well, um, there's delivery behavior, all right? And consumers uh, don't think and act monolithically um, when it comes to delivery. So we wanted to test that. And um, because we've seen uh, our our customers do some pretty unique things in that space. Um, And so what was really interesting was um, uh, if you think about, I'll give you just a, uh, there's, we have five classes of delivery personas real quickly. The first one is cost. You have people that, 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 that they don't care about anything other than the lowest cost option. Uh, slow can be slow as whatever, you know, they'll, they'll take it for that. All right. The second one is what we call parcel mentality. It's quick, but you don't know exactly when it's going to show up someday tomorrow, today, or someday tomorrow, you know, talk about two to three day deliveries as an example. Um, 
Next one is around precision. All right, precision matters. Think of that in terms of things like uh, 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 furniture, just like you were talking, Adrian, furniture, appliances, uh, especially larger format goods, where um, you want it when you want it, right? Uh, and actually speed sometimes is exactly what you don't want. You buy a new uh, kitchen appliances, you don't want them the day that you buy them. You want them at some point in the future when your contractor's got the kitchen at a, at a point where like they'll bring them in. Otherwise, for instance, it'll just, if you have a garage, it's going to tie it up. If you don't have a garage, you have nothing to know where to put it, right? So, so that's the, some of them, there's two others, right? The next one is a real important one, which is there's a class of people out there where time is their currency. In other words, they're time rich and are time poor and money rich, excuse me. So for those folks, that, that's where things like you see speed and precision um, uh, out there. Um, and, and, and those folks typically, and as well as we see some of the others, will actually pay a premium for, uh, for that privilege, right? Um, and then the last one is one that we've been doing. We did a study last year on environmental uh, impact and home delivery. And um, it's around um, sustainability. And there's an increasingly larger uh, class of people who want to have their home delivery be uh, as environmentally friendly as possible. And they will make decisions on that. And those decisions could avoid, uh, could avoid, uh, excuse me, include uh, uh, being more costly, could be slower, but they want to know that they're, they're making an impact. And this is where home delivery does get a wrap uh, in, in, uh, in, in consumers' perceptions of it's not necessarily as eco-friendly as people might think. So thinking about all of what I just said is um, when you, if you're able to offer choices to your customers, all right, for delivery, you can find the following things as a retailer, all right? One is uh, you can lower your delivery costs. And that's one of the things that we did look at, right? We asked uh, consumers if they were interested in things like bundling up orders, right? Um, and have them delivered on a, either a given day or when the retailer happened to say that they're gonna be in the area. It was almost 50% of the people, right? That, that said they were interested in it. We, we looked at things like, uh, uh, you know, would you like the retailer to give, give you the, present the most eco-friendly delivery options. So there might be options, but to score them and say, this particular one is more friendly, right? Um, again, uh, that 50% type range. And then we also ask things like, would you pay more for precision, all right? So that whole notion of like an hour window versus your all day window, right, as an example, right? And it's a smaller number, okay? Um, um, and uh, let me give you one other one, then I'll come back to this in a second. And we also asked about value-added services, right? Would you be willing to pay for things like installations um, uh, as opposed to do it yourself? And a classic one is you buy a, a 55-inch TV and, or maybe these days, 65 or 80, right? And, uh, and would you like it mounted on the wall, right? And have that all taken care of and plug it in, get it on, the, uh, you know, on cable or whatever and get it working um, and pay for that privilege, right? So that one again, low 20s, right? So you would think that between a tighter time window and that um, value-added service, those are, you would think those are low numbers, but that's actually the real numbers, okay? And when I say that, this is what we see with our customers. Now, here's the wild part. This is millions of dollars, and it doesn't take a lot of, of consumers wanting these kinds of options. So, so if you net it all out, you can use delivery personas to do what? Top-line growth, okay? 
uh, reduce your costs, so improve the bottom line. And then uh, you can also combine the two of them. So that whole thing around, for instance, grouping orders, that's environmentally friendly, right? So instead of like having three, four deliveries in a week, you get it down to one that's, you know, less carbon footprint, right? That's a great thing. Uh, consumers happy. As a retailer, you should be plenty happy if your customers are willing to take these kinds of eco-friendly options because it's going to be less cost to you. Uh, we've seen 20% less miles per delivery, as an example, uh, in, in doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, and no, I think that you know that, that that's fascinating. I mean, I think you know, the, I mean, the key takeaway is that you know, there's no one size fits all you know delivery approach or you know expectations out there. I mean, I you know, when you you read so much about, um, uh, I, I think today everyone talks about retailers and delivery companies building out infrastructure for same day or next day delivery. Um, but I mean, I think as, as you just went through, you, you know fast or next day is not necessarily something everybody wants, right? So, you know, for some, you know, there's the whole speed versus cost versus environmental. So there's a lot of different elements of the delivery process that, um, you know, matter depending on who you are, where you are and so forth. And I think, I think that's one of my key takeaways of all this is that it's not just about speed versus cost. It's, you know, there's just much more, you know, to that. Uh, I mean, your thoughts on that. I mean, what, what, uh, you know, does one particular persona seem to be, you know, is it, is it everything, you know, it just seems that the rhetoric out there is that everybody wants it fast and they want it as fast as possible, but that, that doesn't seem to bear out in the research. No, no, it doesn't. And, you know, to your point about what the rhetoric in the market is, the term you would hear is fast and free, right? And, and I, I would, I would love to have a, a, a magic eraser to be able to get those words and just erase them out of the conversation. Um, if you ask that question to a consumer, would you like it fast and free? Would they ever say no, right? Okay. Um, but in reality, that's not how they act and that's not how uh, retailers act. So what we did was we asked one specific question where we had trade-offs. Would you like it lowest cost and time and speed is not so important. Would you like it as fast as possible, but cost is less important. Would you like it to be more precise, right? And cost is not important, right? As an example, and we went through all of that um, and, and it netted out the following, which is by far, people care about cost. That's, that's the first thing. The interesting thing is speed is number three, all right? And precision, it matters more than speed, right? So let's just say tomorrow doesn't matter if it's all day to your point, you don't know when you get it, the following day or the day after that, if you can get it in an hour window, that matters more, all right? So we thought that was really interesting. And, and this is just, a, I think, a, a, an education opportunity for the, for the retail world in terms of just looking at um, you know, how you frame the, the questions to get to the real answers. Because when we look at what the retailers are doing, especially the ones that are successful in this space, is they've kind of figured that out and they've tailored those uh, personas to ad address you know, the, the most prevalent ones of the ones we talked about uh, for their consumers. And, and I'll, I'll just give you a, a great example. Uh, we work with a company in the UK called Halford's Mobile Expert. Um, they do uh, dynamic delivery appointment scheduling. So they have windows and what it is for is tire replacement. You buy them online, they actually show up and they do it at your place, right? Mm. Um, they do a couple things that would scare many uh, retailers, right? Uh, one of them is that, 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 
that they basically um, uh, dynamically price slots. All right. Um, so they actually say uh, two o'clock tomorrow is is five pounds, but four o'clock tomorrow is 12 pounds. Uh, and it has to do with other orders that they have and what they expect the cost will be to actually get to you. Right. Um, the other thing they do along with that, they also now move to that whole notion of a green uh, eco friendly delivery um, uh, I'll call it notification. It's on the, on the options that they present, right? Um, many people would say, oh my God, that's, you know, your, uh, consumers aren't going to like this. They're not going to want to know what prices are and, and, uh, other things, right? They, they have one of the highest ratings on Trustpilot of anybody in the world. And so what they're doing is, you know, really making it, uh, a choice for their, uh, for their customers. And that's maybe the last thing I'll say about this, which is it's not about finding like one persona and sticking with it. That's by the way, what every retailer does today and gets wrong. It's about finding the two, three that or four that make the most sense and allowing your, your uh, customers to self-select, right? When they do that, it's their choice, whether they want to spend more money. Um, it's their choice if they want to wait longer. It's their choice if they want value added services as an example. You know, so so this is where we think the, the huge upsides is. So happy customer, more money, um, less cost. Yeah, no, that's great. I think you know, you know, options and transparency. I think uh, are the two key, you know, you know, points there. Um, so, so Chris, I mean, I, again, a lot more in in the research report. Um, again, I, we'll we'll include the uh, the link, um, you know, at the end here for folks to to be able to download it. But maybe as a way to summarize, I mean. From your perspective, I mean, what will separate the leaders from the laggards in, in home delivery moving forward? Well, I think there's a couple things. First one is got to get better at, at, at keeping your promises, right? So again, this gets back to the uh, fast is not as important as reliable, all right? The consumer expectation is, is really, uh, uh, or sentiment is tied to that expectation you're going to make it. The biggest issues we saw were around uh, people not making uh, their delivery promises from a timing point of view, right? So I think that's a real important one. Uh, I think the second thing is that, you know, uh, given how, I'll call it, uh, the, the high level of, of challenges that, that uh, consumers have been facing, uh, this two-thirds having a problem in a three-month period, right? Um, you know, uh, being that reliable, being consistent, all right? And then looking at that from the point of view of, of these, this, these personas and adding value there, um, we think that, that this, this can become something that, you know, is really in the arsenal of the retailer. And I don't know any retailer CEO that wouldn't kill for, you know, top line growth or, or better margins. And all of these things are about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think, you know, we'll continue to see, you know, innovation and, um, uh, you know, progress in this area, because I think the data shows that there's significantly rooms for improvement still, despite the, you know, all the attention that this is getting. And I think, I think that the, what you said earlier, I think is a key piece is that, you know, if you ask all consumers, do you want it fast and free? Of course, they're all going to say yes. Um, but it's not that simple. And, you know, understanding, you know, what really matters to consumers and then building the the processes and, and having the technology to enable some of these um, you know, choices and transparency and so forth, I think is going to be a, a, an important part of the, the pu puzzle moving forward as well. Well, Chris, uh, as always, appreciate you making the time to be with us today and, and sharing your thoughts and perspective on this topic. And certainly look forward to having you in another episode down the road. Great. Well, it's a pleasure as always, Adrian. Thanks so much.
Great. I want to thank those of you that joined us. If you're watching this episode on demand, either at the Descartes website or on Talking Logistics, and you've got a question or a comment for Chris, you can post it there, and I'm sure he'll be more than happy to respond via that medium. Again, thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you in a future episode of Talking Logistics. Have a great day.